0: Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends, no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey, but we want to reach this out to a wider audience and doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce alongside of my good pal Schmidty. and I'm looking forward to this podcast because not only are we going to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, we're also going to talk about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So like for the first time we're going to have a, uh, like a segment dedicated to something non- non-hockey. I remember when the, the Leafs All or Nothing uh, documentary came out, we talked about that, but we're going to actually make a whole segment dedicated to something non-hockey related. So I'm looking forward to that. But first, we've got to talk about stupid playoff hockey. <laughs> um, First things first on the list, the Edmonton Oilers win the Battle of Alberta, closing it out in five games. Was this the best five-game series ever? Because that felt like 10 games packed into five right there. It's
1: a heart attack of five games. Holy crap. <clears throat> and let's put it this way. Five games certainly without con- or not without controversy. Because almost every game had something crazy going on. Whether it was the 9-6 to six game one. You had the three-goal comeback in game four where the Oilers still found a way to win. With yeah, like, Rasmussen's scoring from inside his own blue. <laughs> <laughs> you got – and then you got the game winner where the Flames think they haven't won again, just like 2004. But Blake Coleman kicks the puck in. And yes, he did kick the puck in. I'm not going to hear that from anyone. That's a kicking motion. I don't care. You can't, you can pull back all you want. You moved your foot forward. But man, Calgary's got no one to blame with themselves that series. Like, honestly, because I didn't think, I, like, Edmonton was the better team. Don't get me wrong. Edmonton was skating Absolutely. circles around them at one point in this series. It was disgusting. Like, I think I pointed out on all the live streams, Pierce, how terrible, terrible Calgary's defensive structure was in that series. Like, they just couldn't keep up. They completely they crumbled under, like, the full credit to the Oilers. A hundred percent. Like, you can't – usually we were talking so much about how, um, you know, Calgary's a team that, like, the Daryl Sutter style, they're going to make you play that way. And you pointed it out, Pierce, both series, they got forced to play not their way of hockey. They had to play that tight style against Dallas, and then they had to go all house, all balls to the walls against uh, Edmonton. And you can't do that against the best player in the world. They, they gave him way too much space, way too many power plays. It, you... When the best player, when the two best players in the world get 15 points in the series or whatever it was,
0: right? <laughs> I think Dreisettle had 17 points in five games. Holy with smokes, dude.
1: Yeah, with the high ankle sprain.
0: And you can tell, like visibly, he's injured, and they were going after him as well, like the flames.
1: Unbelievable. Like, he I have to give ankle. so much credit to Mike Smith because I was talking shit about him the whole series. Yeah, he had his moments, <laughs> but like. <laughs> dude was not what Jacob Markstrom was this series. And I thought that was going to be the difference maker. And if you like, go look at the saves in the playoffs, like I'm pretty sure the two top goalies right now are going to be Vasilevsky and Smith. And then it's going to be Shostakovich. Like that should tell you how pivotal Mike Smith's success is to the Oilers going anywhere. Cause yeah, the Oilers are putting up three to four a game, which is great, but they could easily let up three to four a game through, not on their a game, but man, Oilers are looking fun to watch right now. Like they, like we always talk about the depth scoring, the depth scoring. They're getting that depth scoring from the right guys at the right time. I think you mentioned it on the streams, Pierce. Dude, just starting to pick it up, especially game four.
0: Yeah, game four that was huge. That probably won them the series. Right? Well, obviously they didn't win them the series right there, but that
1: really like solidified that they were legit. mm -hmm. Like they weren't like below a three goal lead, and then when the game was tied, arguably played better than you were with the lead. Is that says a lot about the team that you have right now, and it says a lot about. It starts at the top. It starts with the coaching. I mean, like I feel like we forget that this Edmonton team was like white hot to start the season, and um, like McDavid and Dry Saddle were on pace for like two point a game seasons and stuff. But then they got cold, and now they're kind of like back to that. And man, if you wanted to, if you wanted a team to go up against Colorado this year, no, there probably isn't a better team than a world beater McDavid to go up against them. Because holy smokes, dude! Edmonton looks like a fucking lightning speed free train right now. It's insane.
0: They keep they're getting better. They've gone better as the season has gone. On. They've gone better as the playoffs have gone on. Like they've had to go through that adversity of losing, like getting a head coach fired, where they weren't sure if they were going to make the playoffs in the first place. You finished second in the division. You're down three one to the LA Kings. You could have just crumbled right there, lost the first round, but you. Win Game Six on the road, and then win a, a two nothing. You get a shutout in Game Seven. Like you only allow two goals in Game Six and Game Seven games you needed to win, yep. and then you're down. You w- you lose the first game nine to six, like, <laughs> and then your trail. And then it's and then Game Two they like let in two quick goals, and it's like oh here we go again. And they would come back and win that game. Win Game Three. Win Game Four after playing a three nothing lead, and then Game Five they were down by multiple goals again, and they they came back and won. Yeah, and
1: Game 5 had the, like, little stint where it was, like, four goals in two Four minutes. goals in,
0: like, a minute and ten seconds, I think. Insanity. Which is a, which is a
1: Stanley Cup playoff record. Yeah, insanity. And then Game 1, you got to remember Edmonton was down 6-2 and tied the game. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. they've been in the series every game so far. Besides, like, a few like, um you know, like, mental lapses here and there, like, they, they dominated that series. And I was not expecting that. And, like I said, like, hats off to everyone on that team. They all performed tremendously. Like, even guys that you probably wouldn't have expected, like the quieter games. Like, I thought, like, a guy like a Derek Ryan was, like, doing his job really well in the bottom six this series. Like, yeah, he's not going to show up on the score sheet, but Ryan McLeod also played extremely well in the bottom six.
0: It was impressing
1: me each and every game. Brett Kulak has been tremendous on the back end for them. Oh, my goodness. They got to find a way to re-sign him. Oh yeah, he's. I don't. I, I think he's playing with Barry from what it looks like, but he's got tremendous yeah. chemistry with whoever he's playing with right yeah, now. Yeah, he's like. playing with
0: Barry. I'm pretty sure because it's mm-hmm. it's usually Nurse and Cece, and then Keith and Bouchard.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, Keith and Bouchard's been super solid. Also, Bouchard's really starting to like blossom right now in the playoffs. Holy smokes! And then you're getting playoff Duck and Keith in the process because, like, <laughs> of course you are. Um, <laughs> and you know, obviously, in mean, like. I feel like this year – and, like, one thing we didn't even talk about with the Oilers in these two series, like, one thing that we harp on with the Leafs every time, when you get in that game-clinching game, your stars need to show up. Guess who's shown up both fucking times? Connor McFucking David with the game winner or the game clincher in both of them. Like, he got the series clincher to make it 2 nothing against LA, which basically just wrapped it up, it felt like, for everyone. And then you had – just, you know, or like NHL 22-like snipe against Markstrom to win it in overtime. And both times, I don't think we've ever seen McDavid that excited.
0: Like, no. And that's good for the game of hockey. Like, whenever I think of, like, Connor McDavid, without a doubt, is the best hockey player. It's not even close. I'm not, I'm tired of hearing the debates. Like, yes, Austin Matthews was probably better than McDavid in the regular season. I think he's probably won the heart. But there's no doubt to me who the best hockey player in the world is, and it's Connor McDavid. And seeing him happy after games instead of him just being so emotionless is so big for the game of hockey and actually seeing wing is so huge for the game of hockey i'm I'm loving this he's like on a different different level right now it's so exciting to see and there's a legitimate chance that he could bring his team to at least the static of final
1: oh yeah it's it's gonna be a bloodbath and i can't stress enough how excited i am that Three of the final four teams in the first year of the new TV rights deal are three of the most exciting teams in the NHL with three of the biggest stars in the NHL. Arguably you're going to have McDavid and dry saddle versus McKinnon and McCarr, which is just wild to think about. Like, I don't think anyone even thought that was a possibility. If you looked four weeks ago, people probably thought one of the other was going to get eliminated at some point. And then, I mean, we're one game away, potentially, of having Shesterkin versus Vasilevsky, which would just be disgusting. Of it just be a crazy matchup. And even if you don't get that, you're going to get a Carolina team that's basically been beating their demons this entire playoff run, and they'll get to beat the biggest one that beat them last year. So it, the storylines write themselves right now, and there's I can't be mad with the final teams whatsoever. Every one of these teams deserves to win. They're not even deserves to win, but – could very easily win the Stanley Cup, I guess is what I mean to say. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> I just want to go over uh, the points. So, McDavid and Drysdale both have 26 points. And for all the talk, McDavid is getting and rightfully so. Again, he's the best player on planet Earth. Like, we brought this up already, Leon Drysdale playing with a high ankle sprain. Um 26 points in 12 games. He had 17 points in that five game series against <laughs> It's
1: just. Uh, he and, had five, what was it? Five straight three point games? Yeah, which is an NHL record. Wild. Like, actually, goofy statistics. I don't understand.
0: And oh again, like McDavid, we think of the best player on planet Earth. He obviously is. He has 48 points in 33 games. Leon Draisaitl over his playoff career has 53 points in 33 games, which is like up there with like the greatest of all times. Mm-hmm. Um, Evander Kane, like it's it's tough to talk about him, but like just as a, from a pure on ice on a the on ice standpoint, 12 goals, 12 games. Zach Hyman's up there. He has eight Zach Hyman, like I've gained new respect for him, and not because, like, oh, he's a Leaf, <laughs> now I can like him, but, like, mm-hmm. just I haven't got to see him as much in Toronto, but now, like, watching in Edmonton and playing in these big playoff games, like, he was he was huge in that series. Eight goals, 12 games, and he's a point-per-game player, so. Big time. And, and the Nuge, 11 points in 12 games as well. Like, he had that huge game for – like, the big thing with the Oilers – for such a long time, was yeah, McDavid and cell are good, but who's gonna step up behind them? <laughs> like when we, when the Blackhawks faced the the Oilers in the bubble, like McDavid and cell were incredible. The Blackhawks had no answer for them, but they got, got they got depth goals from guys like Matthew Hymar, which is something the Oilers hadn't gone and they didn't get it next year against Winnipeg, but now you're getting it this year, like the. The players you drafted. That 2018 draft was huge for the Oilers. Their tenth overall pick that year, Evan Bouchard, has stepped in. I think he scored three goals that series. Ryan McLeod was a second-round pick. He's really stepped in and made an impact. Like they're just getting so much depth. And again, there's like a legitimate chance they can at least make it to the Cup final. I think. Yep. I mean, I think they. I think they stand a very good chance against the Colorado Avalanche
1: yeah they have all the pieces that could mess with Colorado. they have the speed that can keep up with Colorado if Mike Smith could sit on his head they might have the goaltending advantage honestly because I still don't I think, I think they do I've
0: I'm not, I'm not been impressed with Kemper to be honest.
1: yeah and I, I don't know man At the like, very the best they got the two best players in the world right now. and it's not even close so yeah. until those two slow down I don't it's kind of hard to pick against them like it really is. I don't know. Like, it'll be interesting for sure.
0: So on to the the Colorado Avalanche, who won their – finally get past the second round, exercise some playoff demons. 2019, they lost in the second round to San Jose in seven. 2020 in the bubble, they lost to the Dallas Stars in game seven overtime. They got Joel Kibirontad. 20, 2021 last year against Vegas, you have a two nothing lead. You were like I think five minutes away from taking a three 0 series lead, and then Vegas won, and then they won four straight. Yeah. And St. L- and <laughs> they have a three one lead against St. Louis, and they lose game five in overtime despite having those leads. Despite Nathan McKinnon scoring one of the best playoff goals I've probably I've ever seen, they let I think it was Robert Thomas got like they t- St. Louis tied it three to three. McKinnon got that goal, and then. St. Louis tied again, then they won an overtime, and you're thinking, oh, here we go again, and in game six it's 2-2, and you're probably thinking, oh, it's going to go to overtime, and then Darren Helm scored with, like, five seconds
1: left. I, we're, Jimmy and I are watching that game, and we turned it on with, like, five minutes left, and I was just like, oh, because I was about to show him a YouTube video, so it's like, oh, it's going to work out perfectly. It's about to go to overtime, so I can show you during intermission. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I said that, Helm like just collapsed that podcast. Just one, yeah. Oh, my God. And, of course, it's Darren Helm, too. Um, I feel like it's- I saw.
0: Hmm? I was going to say I saw 13
1: years to the day. That was when he scored the Of course player. it is. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Um, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, but, like, honestly, racism loses. Like, fuck them. Fuck St. Louis. Fuck their entire yeah. organization, honestly. Like, didn't like them before. Really don't like them now. Uh Looks good on you, the way you treated those last four games of the series. Like, with the Cadre shit and the death threats and the police, like, surveillance that he had to have on him, getting the hat trick in game four, fucking winning the series. You can't help but not root for Colorado at some point and just what they're battling against. <laughs> Even if you could call that battle. Like, they're battling against that, but, like, as a team, they just – they did. They did not falter whatsoever in that series. Like even when St. Louis kept jumping out to the early lead in most of those games, Colorado. Yeah, I think was five of that. the six
0: games St. Louis scored first, which yeah. which is ridiculous. I didn't even know that. I thought it was like closer, but no, it was like only one game Colorado scored first.
1: Oh yeah, and like that series was kind of decided as soon as Game Three was done, because St. Louis played differently that entire series. Afterwards, you had guys playing unhinged. You had guys going for dirty hits. Guys weren't playing their normal game. Just like, you're going to lose. You're going to lose like that. Like, you already lost the mental battle. You'll lose the battle on the ice. Um, it just, I'm just glad the right team won because I would have been very upset if Colorado blew a 3-1 series lead to those sets of bozos. Good Lord. <laughs>
0: no, we we deserve – Colorado deserved to win. Edmonton deserved to win. We deserve an Edmonton versus Colorado conference final with McDavid
1: versus McKinnon. Yep. I, it's going to be one of the most exciting conference finals we've had in recent memory, at least out of the West. I can't remember, like Winnipeg, Vegas was eh. You got like St. Louis, San Jose the last couple of years. That was eh. Mm. Like pfft, Vegas, Montreal, lol. Um, <laughs> that's a thing. Vegas, oh, Dallas, lol. Like I can't think of a fun Western conference final. Like even when the Blackhawks made it, like the ones against the Kings in 2014 were fun, but it's not like this level of star power. So yeah. it's like, I don't know, man, this this could shape up to be one of the – I really hope it lives up to the hype. Don't be one of those series where the one team just mops the floor with the other one because I really hate to see that.
0: I just don't – I don't see that happening, to be honest. I hope I think it's going to be at least six
1: games. God, six I, – I would be so down for a six-game series of just – just like basically, give me six games of what Edmonton, Calgary was. Just fucking yeah, like, dude.
0: Even F for three five
1: hour energies and just going crazy right now. Like, at the worst, even
0: if it's five games, just like make it like Calgary and Edmonton, or it's like ten games packed into five, and there's just crazy shit happening every game.
1: Facts. That's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, can I make a quick side note, real quick? Because I just saw this. Yeah, <laughs> Seth Jones played nearly half the game again today. 29 29:46 at ice time. He's logged 270-13 over 10 games, an Jeez. average of 27 minutes a game, and has played 33 more total minutes than the next closest player, Nate Schmidt. <laughs> USA doesn't play for a medal without him.
0: Look at that. Did the they heck. win?
1: Uh, I think they're in the bronze medal game right now. I don't know. If oh, they're are, are they
0: playing right now? I saw they're playing against Czechia.
1: Yeah, they might be playing right now. Uh, they might have lost already. Hold on. Oh, yeah, they lost. No. <laughs> the <Okay>. David Camp. The <laughs> David Camp was he on the team? Yeah, and he got the game winner. Or no, they, <laughs> trust me, it wasn't the game winner. They were getting their ass kicked already. It was seven. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah,
0: or Seth Jones. He does
1: all the Seth did. Shit. Seth literally. It's literally
0: a repeat of the Blackhawks. He plays all these minutes. He
1: plays well, and then as team, no help. Like, literally, no no help. No, my favorite is just when people are going off the Seth Jones analysis from six 12 months ago, and I'm like, dude, I was one of those guys too. And then you just look at the statistics from like multiple people, and you're just, oh, he wasn't shit last year. Okay,
0: the whole Mm -hmm. podcast, we were like, hated the Seth Jones trade. I still do, but like, Seth Seth Jones, hate the trade,
1: don't hate the player, big difference. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. Seth Jones, now that, like. The Blackhawks can build their blue line around them Anyways, well, we'll yeah. we'll talk about that later. Let's let's.
1: let's yeah, sorry, there. I didn't mean to. Didn't playoff. mean to sidetrack. Just saw, yeah, well, how many minutes Black had Black to bring Black. it up? <laughs> but um, so yeah, we got the Western Conference final talked about. I mean, the last time we had a show, Tampa had already won. I'm pretty sure, which is hilarious. Yeah,
0: they got like a week's worth of rest.
1: They just they needed it though, honestly. If any team needed it, it was them. Like you, I don't know if you saw games three and four. They're going down to the tunnel like every other minute. Like.
0: Oh yeah, like the one person blocks a shot, goes off, comes back, and then another person blocks a shot.
1: Oh yeah, comes
0: like, back. Like there, you can tell they're hurt, but like,
1: and that's why they need that rest. Oh yeah, but they're, that's what,
0: but they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, man. Like
1: they're gonna find ways to win because they, they swept the like, President's like, Trophy winners without Braden Point. Like I. I hate this. <laughs> like they, they're not real. Vasilevsky allowed three goals in four games. Surely that hasn't happened to a one seed before. Surely. Surely that hasn't happened. I Anyway. And don't call me Shirley.
0: Don't call me Shirley. But, you know what that reminds me of? The 2015 Blackhawks where they swept the Minnesota Wild, got a week of rest. That's exactly what it reminds me so of. they will lose 4 to
1: 1 to the Hurricanes, is what I'm hearing. Sheesh. Game one. Game
0: one. <laughs> and then they're gonna play a, a, a three overtime, a triple overtime game too.
1: And then who's their fourth line? It's yes, Barry Cockney, He's gonna get the call. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! If, if I love how we're a Blackhawks podcast, I mean, we will probably get that. But like for people who don't, you don't need to. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's actually talk about the potential matchup for the Lightning. I guess. Um. Yeah, I feel like we just literally aren't giving the New York Rangers credit this entire playoff. No. We literally talk about them last every time. Like, for people who are listening, we didn't even put them on our notes before the show. <laughs> I was just like, oh, yeah,
0: that little chestnut. There's actually game seven, and I think
1: not to put it on. Yeah. But, like, that's a chip. Like, that series is just a tale. It's a tale of two cities. It's literally a tale of two cities because Carolina, as we talked about, they're magical at home, and they play just a deafening style of hockey at home. But then they go on the road, and they look like an ECHL team. So I don't know. I don't know how you fix that. I don't. And it's crazy because they weren't a bad road team in the regular season. They had 25 road wins. So, like, they this wasn't a problem before, and it is now. And, it's, and you can't even say it's a goaltending thing. Like, last night maybe it was a goaltending mm-hmm. thing. it did not look good last night but
0: that's because he's been carrying the team, the whole playoffs. Like
1: exactly. Like you can only do so much when you're scoring two goals a game. Maybe like the, like it's the same story as it always is. The offense for Carolina is so streaky and you can't have that in the playoffs. You need those consistent goal scorers. Like it's not getting talked about enough, but like Savannah, has got to go in four straight games right now. That's huge for the Rangers. Like where's that for the, where's that for the hurricanes? Like, so I the only guy who's maybe stepped up is aho but even then he's still streaky like it's hard to pick the hurricanes right now like but then you see how new York plays all their games and it's just like you're playing with fire when shesterkin's facing 40 shots a night you know what I mean so I don't I don't know man I don't know. It's literally a tale of two cities because, like, New York plays just putrid when they go to Carolina. They don't get shots on that.
0: They, the only, yeah, that's, it's kind of been the same thing with the Rangers. They've won every single home game they've played and they've lost every single road game. The only game they lost to home was the triple overtime
1: game in game one against Pittsburgh. And then the game they won on the road was um, the Chris Kreider goal where it went over. No, the that's right.
0: That too. But, like, yeah.
1: But the Rangers have been the comeback kids these playoffs. Down 3 1, down 3 2. They tied this series. They tied the Penguin series in one. I got to give credit to Gerard Gallant and his staff. Like, they have really keep the teams, like, the teams been pretty level headed. You don't see a lot of guys taking outlandish penalties. Like, like the fact that you're seeing Jacob Slaven take double minors should tell you where Carolina's at right now. Um, I don't. I don't know, man. Like the Rangers are one of those teams where you really can't give them a two man advantage. And they've done that a little too much in this series. And if you do that, you might give the Rangers a little pass to the conference final. And honestly, at the rate this is going, the Lightning might just shit stop either of these teams.
0: Oh, I because- think Tampa beats the other team. And yeah, like Tampa- Tampa's
1: looking at this like, yeah, we don't want to face Igor. Just give us Carolina. We'll drop five a game on them for the rest of the series. Like, good lord, dude. Like I don't know how either of these teams can look at the way they're playing and be like, yeah, we can win a Stanley Cup play. Oh, yeah. Not
0: only that, but we can beat the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions on the way.
1: Yeah, and then go beat Colorado or Edmonton afterwards. Like, I just don't see that. Like, I don't – I don't know. Like, I'm going to have to see a lot on Monday from one of these teams to really change my mind in the conference final. But I don't know. Who do you think? Like, do you think Carolina or New York's got it on Monday? I don't know, man. You know what? I've kind of been, I've kind of, like again, like
0: we kind of ignored them.
1: I'm gonna give them either this is gonna be a blessing
0: or a curse. I think the Rangers win Game Seven on the
1: road. <laughs> I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with the, I think I'll be the contrarian. I'll go with the home team. I think I'm. Going one to of go. us will be right. Yes, let's go. <laughs> gotta play both sides to see who comes out on yeah. top. Never let yeah. them know Just your next see move. Which one is right Never now. let them know your next move. But um. Yeah. Yeah, regardless styles. of who
0: wins. Regardless of who wins, I think Tampa is going as representing the East for the third year in a row.
1: Yep. They uh they just like they Tampa's that team that can they can play that up and down style and they can suffocate you. And like if you could play both of those styles, it's very hard to beat. So like because I can't imagine a Colorado or an Edmonton getting out of like a one-nothing game with Tampa. I just don't see it. Like, I don't see Mike Smith making enough saves against <laughs> Andre
0: Vasilevsky.
1: I don't see Darcy Kemper making enough saves against Andre Vasilevsky. No like, bully can. Even like
0: Shesterkin. if they It you know, would like,
1: have to be oh, Igor. Yeah. It literally would have to be Igor. And I just don't trust the Rangers offense at that point. So Oh my God. If the, if the Lightning play a third New York team in the conference final <laughs> for in a row. Oh my God. Script! <laughs> So
0: yeah, yeah I, I think Car or the Rangers win, but then they lose to like Tampa. I think Tampa beats Hawaii. Their team makes it on in five or six games. Like, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: we never. I don't think we ever gave our predictions for the Western Conference. Who do we think is going to win that one?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go Colorado in seven. Colorado think, in seven. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. But I, I, I really like Colorado's depth more. I think like. The fact that they could put Kadri out there over Nuge and then put, like, Comfer on the third line and you got, like, guys like Sturm on the fourth football line. Football
0: game six, JT Uh,
1: Frickin' Arturi Lekkonen's been super solid in the playoffs. They got him in the bottom six. He's second, a like, guy yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't have Gerard anymore. You got to take that into account. But, like, Byram stepped in and they haven't skipped Oh, no, game. now we're going to play <laughs> Bo- Oh no, Byron, more minutes who has, like, oh, six or no. seven assists in the playoffs. We got to play Bowen Byram now. Darn it! Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Just, just absolutely. Now we got to put so Alex Newhook bad. in the lineup to give us more depth goals. Oh, no! Scored. we, we really got to put no. a guy that played 70 games in our lineup this year. Oh, no! God, Colorado is just – I can't wait for them to not re- get be able to re-sign, like, a fourth of these guys this offseason. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um. Yeah, I think Colorado on seven, though. What are you thinking? <laughs> I –
0: chose them to win against Dole. They won. I chose them to win against Calgary. They won. I can't bet against them. I can't bet against my hometown team. I'm going to go Oilers in seven. Oh, baby. Here we go. One of us is
1: coming out on top yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: again, would not surprise me if the Avalanche won. As a matter of fact, I think whoever comes out of the series, I'm cheering for in the cup final. I'll say that.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not ready for Tampa. Fuck that. I'm rooting for the West. Yeah. <laughs> West is best. Let's go. <laughs> East, I thought you said West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um I love how we both think it's gonna go 7 like that that series is I hope that series it should go 7 we
0: deserve it to go 7
1: or just be 5 just be 7 games packed in a 5 yeah <laughs> oh my god uh, by the way if you ever if you get a chance you gotta go look up urinating trees video of Calgary getting eliminated it's like you bought a 7 game series you got a 5 game series <laughs> <laughs> typical Calgary like, oh my gosh. It's like a two-minute roast fest at Calgary. It's Whoa, so funny. There's my plans
0: for after the podcast. Heck yeah. So yeah, Mike Smith, 927 C percentage. Darcy Kemper, 904.
1: Yeah, not great, Bob. Like Darcy Kemper is in his Matt Mari arc, where he faces 20 shots a night, and you have to stop at least 18 of them.
0: <laughs> true, true.
1: It's like... To be the goalie of the Abs has like you know they're signing Jack Campbell this off season right?
0: Because
1: <laughs> like you know that's happening. Like they're not going to keep Kemper and they're just going to go get Jack Campbell because like that's what the Abs do. They just upgrade. So upgrades, people. Upgrades, uh, upgrades, people. But um,
0: not that I necessarily tr- trust Mike Smith, but I don't trust Darcy Kemper either. It's gonna listen. Again- Mike
1: Smith just outdo the trophy finalists. So I I don't even know what to think anymore. Like. <laughs> Also, you live by the by way,
0: Mike Smith, you die by Mike Smith. We'll is say this that. like a
1: decade? Once a decade thing for Mike Smith going on a conference final mm-hmm.
0: run? Right? Any year that ends in a two. Jesus Christ!
1: <laughs> Fifty-five Mike f- or fifty-two year old Mike Smith in twenty thirty-two. Watch out <laughs> <laughs> when the Seth
0: Jones contract is final.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Journeyman Mike Smith with Seth Jones and like thirty-eight year old Alex to break.
0: In. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the Blackhawks in that run. Connor Verdard's like 20 se- Oh, geez. I don't even want to think about that. Oh, God. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, let's be Anyways, honest. I think that's a great way to transition because of the future of the Blackhawks. I kind of want to talk about the Blackhawks yeah, offseason because the other day I took a look at Cap Friendly. And interesting enough, they have shifted the contracts to 2022, 2023. So you can actually see who's
1: RFA is oh, contract?
0: Yeah, we can see the Seth Jones contract. That's right.
1: <laughs> Bro, and the Blackhawks contracts are actually wild. There's like two guys, or there's, there's like four guys signed like past two more years. And it's like McCabe, Jones, and Murphy. <laughs> yeah, all their defensemen. Holy shit, dude. Oh my God. So, oh my God, no. Calvin DeHaan and Eric Gustafson are free agents. No. <laughs> No, Colin D is a
0: free do? agent,
1: bro. Hey, Brett Connolly's in the minors for two more years or one more year. Come hey, on. one more year. Ugh. This team is stinky. <laughs> Anyways,
0: <laughs> it's probably good that they're a little stinky because they need to rebuild.
1: Anyways, <laughs> Sam Lap so... is the fifth highest paid forward. <laughs> Because Strom and all those RFA's are aren't signed.
0: <laughs> well, oh yeah, Sam Lafferty is indeed the fifth highest played player.
1: Oh, this is this is going to be a bad hockey team next year. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, they're going to be worse because they're going to get rid of Dominic Kubelik and Dylan Strom for nothing.
0: Because that's mm. the Kyle Davidson
1: special. Don't no,
0: they're going to find like a fourth line guy who works hard. And go trade we'll for Trevor. Sorry. Go trade for Trevor Moore. <laughs> Trevor Moore. You know what? He's exactly the great. kind of
1: player we need.
0: But uh, yeah, so going through their their cap friendly. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane. I don't. I don't know what to expect with either of them. Apparently, Patrick Kane will only get like will go, like there will only be a trade with Patrick Kane for your quest one. Jonathan Taves. There was that thing on, I think it was 32 Thoughts, where uh, Elliot Freeman said, Patrice Bergeron retires. I wonder if he is a fit on Boston. Uh, if he wants to go to Boston, let him go there. I don't know what you get from I don't know how much money you have to retain or take back, but.
1: Okay. Here's my thing with Taves I genuinely sure. think you can get a first for Taves. And here's mm-hmm. why. I'm not even being biased. I'm not even being being biased. No, like, I'm serious. Like, people are going to look at his last 40 games last year where he played at, like, a 55-point pace still, played like a normal player. They're going to look at that. They're going to look at his resume. They're going to look at his face-offs. They're going to look at everything he does on the ice, not off the ice, obviously. Teams are going to pay for that. And also, if someone took care about that, Ken
0: Holland signed Vander Kane.
1: Dude, Ken Holland gave up assets for Duncan Keith, non-retained. I promise you we can get something for Taves. That's not a problem. You're going to get more for Taves. you you may not be a first, but you're going to be surprised what you get for Taves. It's going to be more than you think.
0: We're going to get Fabian LaSalle from the Boston Bruins.
1: Nah, we're going to get Eric (laughs) Hollow As our replacement. Nah, it's Nick Foligno, let's be honest. Nick Foligno. This is a minor note. Derek Forbert. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> Forbert and then Connor Clifton. <sighs> Wait, no, not Connor Clifton. Curtis Lazar. What is Curtis
0: Lazar. Former Zero Edmonton favorite. Oil King, Curtis Lazar. And Canada We need that in our bottom six. That seems oh like a Kyle gosh. Davidson kind of fella.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... The thing with the Hawks right now is, like, I know, like... You look at their cap friendly, and it's just like if, even if you want to move and get assets, there's like three guys you can move that maybe get you assets. It's it's slim pickings, dude. There's really mm-hmm. not a lot. There's not a lot to trade from. Like I just and they already traded
0: one of those guys who could go a return with brand Hangle, which they did get a return, but exactly. So.
1: But it's like. I I feel like Jacob and I talked about this. It'd be like Connor Murphy and, like, DeBrington and Kane. Like, Mm -hmm. there's probably the only ones that can get you a legitimate return of, like, a first-round pick. Plus, like, I just – I don't know, man. They're in a tough spot right now. Like, I I was – I don't like looking at the Blackhawks cap-friendly sheet. It's Mm -hmm. depressing. Like is. It is. Holy smokes, dude. Like, what are these deep? Oh, God. I gotta love that uh, Mackenzie Entwistle is making more than Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. <laughs> Those me. are good deals. So, like, you want guys
0: that are that young, kind of that age, making that kind of money for two years, which is good.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like... I wonder if the Hawks look into moving a guy like Borgstrom. I oh, I think they do move around. Borgstrom.
0: Apparently, they were looking to trade him at the deadline. I have no idea what you'll get from if you do. If you get anything good, just move him, get him. Go give
1: him a chance yeah. somewhere. Literally trade
0: him for future considerations. Like clear up that one million dollars in cap space. You can
1: use it somewhere else. One hundred percent. I I genuinely like. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I think you should bring Caleb Jones back. Like, on at a least give him a
0: chance. Day. Like, you never know. Like, you could get him a one year deal and build up his value, and then trade him.
1: Exactly. Like, I care. There's, there's gonna
0: be room for him on the on the blue line because DeHaan and Gustafson are not yeah. coming back. Well, I sure as hell hope they aren't.
1: I don't know what they're gonna do on the back end next year. Like, I, I feel like Ian Mitchell's gonna get like a legit look. Finally. Oh, he should,
0: yeah. He was great for Rockford,
1: but like, I feel like Vlasic and like Regula and all of them are gonna be tweeners, so I don't mm-hmm. know. Even
0: like Jakob Galvis, like Isaac Phillips, could get a chance. White Kelnick because an RFA. I don't know what they do with him though.
1: With I, I caught him. He didn't. He didn't progress or develop at all this year. If anything, he regressed. I don't think. I don't think he, he's. He's like a Bodan situation. I don't know how long. Yeah,
0: Bodan might even get traded. That. That's like kind of another thing where with Nylander, where that that older team had so much faith in him. Like, they took a first-round pick on him, and Kyle Day was just like, okay, this guy is really going over, Let's just trade him and maybe maybe somehow find, like, another guy, like a Sam Lafrey, he can get back. I yeah, don't know.
1: That's going to be a trade. If you find a trade for him, it's going to be one of those where it's like, like you said, it's going to be like a prospect for prospect that isn't developing properly in the system type thing. Or you just don't even get a lot for him because I don't – I don't know, man. That's another guy where, like, yeah, we've had – like, Brockford's had good development with their defensemen, but then there's just some cases where, like, they just fall off a cliff the next year. And Bodan was an example of that because he had, like, legitimate good stints in the NHL in that that COVID season, I thought. Yeah. And then this season at Rockford, he has just been a tire fire. He was life. scratched
0: in the playoffs, and, like, he took a lot of penalties and, like, the offensive production just wasn't there.
1: I don't know what's going on. Maybe he bounces back next year, but like, I don't know. That it, it you know, it's getting bleaker and bleaker of what that's going to look like. So,
0: we'll yeah, see. it's going to be 23. And like, again, defensemen don't really develop till like take longer to develop than forwards do. But yeah, it, really, it really hasn't been anything where it's like this guy could really take a step. And I don't think, I don't think, I don't know if they're expecting a top four, but like maybe like a bottom pairing guy, puck mover kind of guy. But they mm-hmm. they got like they got a lot of those already. Like again, we we bring this up. Like Ian Mitchell's probably gonna make the team. Ne- I think he should make the team next year. Isaac Phillips has taken over. Like has as uh, kind of taken over. Like what's what, what, am I, what am I trying to say? Like jumped him in the depth chart. That's what I was trying to say. And same with like uh, with Jakob Galvis, I even think is at
1: least like equal with him. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> The problem with the Blackhawks prospect pool, man, there's just so many guys where it's like, yeah, they can play games, that's probably all they're gonna do, but they'll play games. (laughs) Like,
0: Uh, we don't know how well they will, but they'll get minutes,
1: they'll get in there, they'll play seven minutes a game because whoever the coaches will start seven defensemen. Um, I don't know, man, like, it's just really hard to have any kind of positivity about this Hawks roster right now, it's ugly. It's going to
0: take a while to build back up.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 I I'm very curious to still see if they make a trade in the goalie market. I feel like that's the only thing that I'm really intrigued in. Because like, I I know Davidson hinted at that in his uh, offseason interviews. So if they made a trade for a goalie, I would actually really like that. You could probably get a younger asset or go get a like, you can go get a contract that maybe isn't as like desired. Maybe a Peter Morazic. Maybe that's how you get a first round pick. You get it taken on cut dead dead weight. I don't know, man. Like, gotta get creative here to get. Exactly, some I was
0: gonna say you gotta get creative. And what was I gonna say I, again? It's like you <laughs> in a perfect world, you would prefer the Blackhawks had that sixth overall pick this year. But like the trade is what it is, what it is. But I think it's a good thing that they didn't move up into the draft wire because they've been like, okay, maybe we can speed this up a little bit. No, you can't. Like you've got. You'd have to take the long approach on this one. <laughs> yeah. You and, got yet, it. and I think Davidson kind of already knew that, which is why he got those 2023 and 2024 f- first from Tampa Bay, which again aren't going to be like top 15 or even top 20. They're probably going to be close to, they're probably at the worst, they're probably going to be late 20s and then early 30s, but you can still find value there, especially if you're going to be a bad team and probably picking at least in the top
1: 10. Yep. <laughs> I, I yeah, like they really need to be picking in the top ten next year. Like, even th- it can't. Like, I would like to see them be at least like watchable next year. But if they're watchable and they get to like thirteenth, that's gonna fuck this up so much. Right? Oh god. I don't know though. That's the problem with this team. If they don't move some of these stars, they can score their way out of the bottom. Yeah, the I was top gonna top say. I don't
0: know if you're ever gonna really bottom out with guys like DeBrinken no. and Kane. That kind of brings the question like do you like if there's a package out there do you move Alex to bring it because like right now he's only 24 but it's an RFA he has arbitration rights he's gonna get a lot of money I think he's well worth the money but like if I've kind of been thinking about it like you look at teams like in the top 10 like if the Blackhawks really want to get a first round pick I'm pretty sure Kyle Davidson would like to get a first round pick like I don't think if unless you're like like what, what you brought up earlier, if, like, if they're taking on Mirazic and they get like Toronto's first, like in the LA first, like that's fine. But like if you're trading a star player like Debrinkit, you got to move into the top 10 because really there might be three, two or three players in this draft that are going to be as good as Debrinkit, I think at least. Like that's how good Debrinkit is and that's how kind of weaker this draft is. But I still think you could find like a top six forward or top four defenseman in the in the top 10. So that's like, that's where a team, like if they trade with Ottawa, who's given away the seventh overall pick, it's so funny seeing all the, <laughs> the sense fans. What, what is it really great in a second for <laughs> uh, <laughs> in the seventh overall pick? That's like their, their Nielsen Bracco in a second for a good player.
1: I can't dude. Like if I have to see one more Alex to break a trade proposal, I'm done. Like I love when I see teams that have, a highest point getter of like 60 points, say Alex Debrink, it's not worth the package. I'm like, buddy. A
0: yes, for Brad is better than Alex <laughs> that,
1: that was a take. God. That was God. So cool. I can't, dude. I'm so tired. I'm just tired. Like if you don't want him, then don't get him. Simple as that. Why are you, why are you arguing with people about the trade then? If You don't want him that bad. And you cherish your shitty prospects that bad then be my guest. Go see how great Ridley Greig and Tyler Boucher are going to (laughs) be. Like, (laughs) holy (laughs) shit. At least Devils fans are like, yeah, we're not trading Holtz. That's understandable. But, like, dude, people are like, no, we can't trade Shane Pinto. Like,
0: I would not trade Shane Pinto in a Jack Eichel trade. Oh, my
1: God. And they're like, well, you know, Connor Brown could arguably be on the same level as Alex DeFranco. I'm like, yeah, me when I do fucking crystal meth. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I can't do it, dude. You've been I can't do it. And, like, I, I agree with what you said. It's the most logical move if you want a top 10 pick. It, it is, as much as it pains me. But, um, I, oh, dude, I just, it's just, ugh. I don't see a world where you win that trade. I don't see a world where you get another 40 goal scorer anytime soon because they don't fucking grow on trees as much as people think they do.
0: No, they do not.
1: Um, You're going to lose Kane immediately afterwards. So, yeah, you're probably definitely would kickstart a rebuild then, but at what cost? Locker room morale is not going to be good. I I, I genuinely just think you got to keep him around for the next receive. And he's openly said he wants to stay. Yeah. That's the difference. This isn't like Taves, where he's, you know, walking on the tightrope trying to say he wants to leave. This isn't like Uh,
0: Chicago's a great city, but blah, blah, blah. It's tough right now. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Like, I don't want to hear him.
1: I don't care. And then you know, Kane's just—I don't even care what Kane says anymore. Kane's just so like it's PR, just blah. I don't care. But um, like, The Brinket's voice that he wants to stay here. You know what I mean? I—I I, I don't know. It—it it, it, it makes too much sense to pay him money, like as soon as you as soon as you can. Like, who the fuck else are you going to pay on the scene besides Seth going forward? You're not signing Kane and Taves to another eight-year deal, that's for sure. You've got to have something. You literally have to have something. Even Arizona locked up Clayton Keller to an eight-year deal. You know what I mean? Like, even Buffalo's got guys locked up. Like, got to have someone, dude. Got to have someone. Can't have no one on the seat. Can't have fucking Philip Khrushchev as, like, your best winger. It's just not – you're not going to even be able to develop prospects with that. And I feel like i talked talked – i talked about that so much. You can't go ground zero. You're not going to be able to develop shit. No, you that can't way.
0: go scorched earth. Like Buffalo did that, and they're still like recovering. They're finally starting to now like turn a positive. Like seven or eight years later, it took
1: Edmonton yeah. eight years to to finally get to a conference final, and like multiple GM regimes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just saying, and Arizona dude, it's like it the once.
0: They went scorched earth. Like they got, yeah, they got all these draft picks. It's easy to rip it down, but can you build it back up? That's the hardest part. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like, also at the same time, like, what last year when the Blackhawks did make that trade when they traded the twelfth overall pick, I think the Blackhawks did get the best player in this trade. Like, or like with Seth Jones. But like, when you just look at the assets, like all of them that they gave up, it equals more to what Seth Jones will bring probably for the rest of his career and if the Blackhawks like I think the thing is like if the Blackhawks can find a team like the Blackhawks they were in their situation they were in last year where you're a team that thinks they can like compete for a playoff spot at least by trading for a good player but they're actually not that good like I think of kind of Ottawa is the same thing they think they're good but they're not good so if you could like somehow like even if you trade Alex DeBrincat, it's gonna suck like I think they should keep Alex DeBrincat, but like if if you're going to make that trade, like Ottawa and New Jersey make perfect sense to me because they got those high draft picks. You probably could get a good prospect off them, like Ottawa's specifically. But yeah, you if you trade Alex to Brinkett, like you gotta get.
1: You gotta have a backup plan. That's like mm-hmm. I, if you're Kyle Davidson and you trade Alex to Brinkett, you better have a plan as soon as free agency opens to fill that hole somewhat. Because Phil literally... Forsberg, woo! Oh <laughs> No, like, you're literally getting rid of an 80-point player. Like, you can't replace that immediately. How – I don't – like, I feel like Kyle Davidson realizes how fucked the Hawks were as soon as they traded Panarin and Hosa retire when they lost that amount of points. And, like, maybe that's what he wants. But, like, dude, you still got to put asses in seats. Like, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. And this is a team that still wants to make money. And if you don't have a guy like Brinkett to put asses in the seats – you're just gonna have a very pissed off front office. I don't know. It makes too much sense to keep him, but if the right trades on the table, you're right. Just again, like rip the band-aid.
0: You're trading the best player, but like if you get assets back, like that's what why Columbus won that trade. The assets like combined they got back. They probably traded the best player, they probably it probably sucked for them tr- trading Seth Jones, but Blackhawks can get within the top ten, especially seventh overall, if they can get like maybe a Jake Sanderson or one of their good forward prospects, you know, like that's something you gotta think about. But Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've we've said this so many times like Kyle Davidson he has his work cut out for him.
1: Yeah. It it's not easy. It ain't easy. <laughs> and and like to me, it's
0: gotta be a shit or Get off the pot. You either sign him or trade him. You do not let Alex Debrink. like you. Well, he is an RFA, but like he has arbitration rights. You don't let it get to a point where he's sitting out the season.
1: I don't. I don't think. I don't think Alex would do that. I don't. I don't know. That's. A, I think that you just totally extend wrong. him in the summer. Like yeah. I just don't even think you play. You even toy with this idea. You I mean, just like, give
0: him. Give him his money because he deserves it. If he wants to be in Chicago, give him nine and a half. Give him a Seth Jones give Alex, you get, like, I know
1: it's different management, but you gave Seth the money right up front. Like you should definitely give the guy who's. You drafted and just been through all the shit, to be honest. And probably team. should be your captain. Um, he's like the Morgan was, Riley on this team, yeah. bro. Like, he's been here from the beginning of the shit. Like, you – anyone deserves the money on the team. It's him right now. Yeah,
0: he's like he's like the Dylan Larkin, too, where he got drafted and, yeah. like, his team's been shit the whole time. But they're finally – again, it took, like, seven or eight years for them to Detroit to finally be on the upswing.
1: Yep. And that's probably what it's going to be like in, in Chicago. So pay the man while he's waiting for the team to be good, is what I just think. And Yeah, maybe it's not an eight-year deal. Maybe you go like nine times five or something. I don't know. But like, pay him. Holy shit. Give him the money. He deserves it. Uh I don't know. I I just really, like, I hate the idea that they're dangling to it for the last year. I hate that shit. I hate that shit so much. Because it's such a clickbait thing that journalists can use now. (laughs) clicks. <laughs> sure. yeah, stupid, stupid. I right, right. also they feel. I feel if they do make the trade, they it has to be at the draft. Has to be like you can't yeah. do it before. You can't do it after. It has to be at the draft. Half of these trades have to be at the draft. Like you move Taves or Kane, it has to be at that draft, or it's got to be before the season starts. Minimum, you can't do that mid season. The, the only one I could maybe see is trade deadline, but that's not a move that happens midseason usually. To move that no, much like, salary? When you're no. moving that kind of money, it has to be at the draft. Exactly. When teams are, you know, on their fresh contracts and shit. Oh, well. Enough about the shitty Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it's going to – no first-round pick this year, again, unless they, they move in, like – Hmm, but hey. Exactly. <laughs> maybe they can get two second-round picks if the – or no, three second-round picks if the Oilers make the cup final. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they
1: did get a second for Flurry. lol. Well,
0: yeah. anyways. <laughs> yeah, I think their highest pick is 38, and then I think the Minnesota pick, looking at good old cap friendly, that pick is 57th.
1: And then we're going to get like 63. Third, if Edmonton makes the Cup final, so uh, it would,
0: it would, it would actually. I think it would be the lowest of the the, the draft picks because whoever, because Tampa Bay, because it's all it's all based off by record. So like, I think Colorado they made it, so they'd be ahead. Uh, oh, it would, would be, be like 60th. Yeah, it's like 62nd. I think. Yeah, okay, well, that works. Or three no.
1: seconds. Three seconds, you can move up a little bit. Mm.
0: Yeah, but if I'm Kyle Davidson, like unless you get into the top ten. That's, I think that's the only time you should move up. I don't know if this, like, if you're, tr- unless you, like, t- again, like, take on Morazic and get, like, a late second, or, like, first-round pick, I don't think you should be packaging your draft picks to move up because it's the difference between, like, even, like, 22 or 23 and, like, what where they're picking at 38, I don't think there's that big of a difference, and there might be players that fall. <clears throat> like, Logan Stankoven did last year, but no, I don't Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nice. Much, yeah. Enough about the the Blackhawks. Um. I, I, again, I don't know if you have anything to touch on that, but like we can
1: nah, talk about.
0: I... Hmm? Oh, I was just gonna say we talked about the Battle of Alberta. We talked about who was winning. Talked about that I was winning. We talked about the conference round. We talked about the Rangers, Canes, and who Tampa Bay might face. We talked about the Blackhawks off season. Let's get into the Twitter questions, and then we can get into Obi wan Kenobi.
1: Hell yeah.
0: Let's go. Hell yeah. So we only got one question, <laughs> but how can yeah. we about the leaves?
1: Oh, it's always the question, buddy. Oh my gosh. Fucking um So the question Vish said, or I think it was just more like a talker or, or more like, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Spezza retire.
0: Tell us your thoughts. It wasn't even a question,
1: it's just Yeah. That's Spezza a retire. Fucking yeah. But I mean, 19 year career, I believe. Never won a cup. Yeah. Um, was a part of one of the most electric lines of the early 2000s.
0: 50 and 07, baby. Woo!
1: Yes, sir. Um, that dude is probably one of the bigger leadership pieces on the Leafs. Like, he should probably be wearing a fucking A right now, for being honest. Fucking but, a. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, the fact that he's staying with the Leafs is probably huge for that team because they need it. And be in the front office. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, it, the movie is just like, you know, when I when I think of this, it's just like, I I don't know, I don't know. I just drew, I literally just draw a complete blank. I drew a complete blank because I saw something on my fucking screen, and I just sorry, I I just completely drew a blank. I'm sorry. Holy oh, God. that's okay. Uh, what
0: I wanted to bring up was uh. He was only, like, a few points away from getting a 1,000
1: points. Damn, to have to have that him. sucks. He should have stuck around and got 1,000 Yeah, he
0: should have stuck around post. for, like, half a season or however long it would have taken. As soon as he said, as like,
1: gets a 1,000, hangs him up. Yeah, long it's long just long. like, right, I'm hanging him up. Yeah, 995 points in 1,248 games. Well, he doesn't hang him up. He goes to Robita Island, obviously. <laughs> but, um, yeah, obviously just great career. I'm curious to see what he's going to do in a front office role. Maybe it's, like, a Brian Campbell type thing. When he was in the front office a couple of years ago, I think he still is actually, but um, you know, it might be one of those roles, and maybe it might be a role like what what the Kings were doing with their management. It might be something like what the Lightning and the Red Wings do with their management. I don't know. Just curious to see what they're gonna do in the front office with Spetzer, because Toronto's usually an organization top to bottom that does well by their staff. So it'll be curious to see what they do with him. Yeah, so Jason Spezza, a second overall pick in
0: 2001.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah, um, I know, a while ago. His first uh, season in the NHL was 02 And yeah, 21 points in 33 games. And so I just want to go through his point totals over his career. So, 55, or no, 21 and 33, 55 and 78. 90 and 68, 87, 67. This is the year that the uh, Senators went to the Cup final. He had 22 points in 20 games. Unfortunately, they lost. His highest career points: 92 and 76, 73 and 82, 57 and 60, 57 and 62, 84 and 80, five points in five games, 66 (laughs) points in 75 games, 62 points in 82 games, 63 points in 75 games, 50 points in 68 games. It kind of starts to trail off a bit here, Six, 26 points in 78 games, 27 points, 76 games. This is his first season with the Leafs, tw- 25 points in 58 games. This was last year, which is quite impressive, 30 points in 54 games, and then 25 points in 71 games. For a total of 995 points in 1,248 games.
1: Spets has always been a good player, man, and, and that consistency really shows. Like, I it doesn't get enough I feel like to hit this when he got traded to Dallas. That doesn't get enough credit for being like for Nick Paul, by the way. Holy shit, he did! Oh my god, it's all coming back. Now. <laughs> Nick Paul and I'm, man is I'm thinking of like beardless Nick Paul when he was like 21. Now and it's all yeah. coming back. Holy crap! But um, yeah, like it, he has just had such a tremendous career, and like obviously he had those couple down seasons in Dallas. But honestly, every older at older star when, when they went to doubt older star on the stars would mm-hmm. have those problems. Patrick Sharp had those same problems. I think it um, was dealing with injuries too in Dallas, if I recall, but um, m- listen, man, when you're money in the bank for like 50 points a season at minimum, that's just, that should just show how valuable player you are in the tail end of your career, especially cause like, like you said, I think that third season he had 90 and 68.
0: That's extremely impressive. Yeah, it's ninety and sixty eight
1: and oh five oh six. That's extreme in his third season. Extremely impressive, but um, yeah, just a very underrated career overall. For especially Hall for a second overall pick. Yeah, uh, I don't know about Hall of Famer. So. He didn't win any hardware. Like, no, no hardware. Not even like a cup. And win a you. cup. It's not like Hosa where he won three cups. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't get an Art Ross. He didn't get a heart, He didn't get no. anything like that. So I might know. have been close in voting, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a Hall of Famer. But no, great, pretty good career nonetheless. Not, not, not to take away from it, but great player, not a Hall of Famer. Just my opinion. Like, like it's always the conversation you have when you like talk about Hall of Famers. Like when you say the name of you, immediately don't think he's Hall of Famer. He's probably not a Hall of Famer. It's just as simple mm-hmm. as that. Like usually, like you know immediately when you say the name. Like, I
0: don't know. <laughs> also, the first sixteen-year-old in history to make Team Canada. After Wayne Gretzky and Eric Lindros, not bad company.
1: Dude, he was fucking wild back in the day. Holy smokes! That was back in two thousand. Dude, imagine seeing sixteen year old playing with that stacked ass Olympic team. Holy shit! Oh my god! Like just like the or like I don't the world's team or whatever he was on. Just the the Working nerves and job. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Holy smokes!
0: So yeah. Jason Spezza has retired after 19 seasons and will join the team in a front office role with title special assistant to GM
1: called He's assistant to the general manager? <laughs> yeah, I was going to
0: say special assistant
1: to the GM. Put the, put the plaque down for Dwight. Oh, man. <laughs> um... Yeah, that uh, the first big move from Toronto this
0: offseason. Oh, no. <laughs> so, oh, I man. just saw my Twitter. So, kind of back to the USA not losing bronze. Team USA up 3-2 to two going into the third period, conceding five straight goals and eventually losing 8-4. to four. Aye,
1: aye, aye. Awesome. Wait,
0: and David Quinn was the coach. I didn't
1: know that. <laughs> yeah, David Quinn's a stinky boy. He's bad. <clears throat>
0: Uh, ah
1: us hockey don't embrace it
0: usa hockey is a do or die and they died
1: they always die come on now
0: (laughs) anyway anyways the moment we've all been waiting for
1: (laughs) maybe one can i loved it it's so good dude i I was like fucking good and Pierce, you know me. I was like, I was waiting to go into it. And I was just like, dude, if they fucked this up. I'm never going to forgive Disney. And I, so far, I can say they haven't fucked it up. They been no, so all. Good. Like, just like the little nuance things that they've done. Like, it's, there's been like five separate moments in those two episodes where I'm like, holy shit, this is happening right now. Yeah. Like, like. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert going forward. But like.
0: You, you have, have to need- watch it.
1: Yeah, you gotta watch. Like, this is spoilers from like, here on out. I'm, I'm just going in just because, like, you got like all the Alderon stuff. Never even thought I would see Alderon in any other Star Wars facet at all. Crazy. Like, I, I knew Bail Organ was casted, but like to the this extent to why he's casted, I didn't think. And like, I always thought like, why the fuck is he gonna go off planet? It. This is the only way it made sense for him to go off planet. It's literally the only way it makes sense with Leia getting captured. And, like, I love how they actually noted how she, as as important she is along with Luke because, obviously, she's going to be Force-sensitive also. Like, I love that. Um, the Inquisitors, I thought, have been done really well. Um, I I think... I'm, I'm curious to see how further they go into Hera's backstory because, like, she... Like, I don't know. She's, she's fucking wild, bro. She's, like... She's, like, on she's taking too much spice and she's just on the hell bent to get Obi-Wan like yeah
0: like how there's that like inner conflict with between the Inquisitors oh like, yeah they're like, not all on
1: the same page oh dude like the other ones have like the elitist mindset towards her like mm-hmm. or I think I call her hair, but it's Reva but you know what I mean like yeah yeah Um, she's but like the emotion she brings to that character is really good Um, I'm, I'm very if you can like tell just like how like Obi-Wan's mental psyche is through this. Like it's almost like episode eight in a way, with how Luke was like, Luke didn't want to get involved and whatnot, but I feel mm-hmm. like it's almost done a little bit better because you can t- kind of see that internal conflict every time. Yeah. Like he hasn't even ignited his lightsaber yet. Like multiple no. times when he's gotten in a fight, he got into a fist fight and he brought his gun out. Like there's like a
0: couple of times, especially when he's like hiding behind all the crates. And I'm like, dude, he's gonna pull it out, and then I thought he was, and then like uh, the the Grand Inquisitor came in, and then like they obviously Rabbit kills her or kills him, and then Obi wan makes it onto that plane with Leia, and then like, oh, so dude. good. The, I thought the suspense and, like, the, and the and especially in the second episode was so good. I just remember when the first episode started off, there was that flashback to ten years ago where they did the Order sixty six thing. And, it, like, the first, like, half of that episode, it was just, like, it felt like there was just such a, such a sense of loneliness that, like, Obi-Wan, one of the greatest Jedi Knights, is just, like, now is just working. He's basically, like, pretty much a slave on Tatooine, but he still has um, Luke in mind and same with Leia. And then, it, oh, man, I, I loved how they did that, like, that they didn't mess it up.
1: Dude, and then there's just like so many little things. Like he wanted to, he was a, he tried to give him the skyhopper that Luke has, like the toy in episode four, and that's the reason mm-hmm. Ben comes out, or not Ben and uh, Owen comes out and like yeah. basically like scolds him. Like mm-hmm. I, like that whole scene was really good. I can't believe they got uh, Joel Edgerton back to play Owen Lars. Like he's actually because he's just such a big actor now. I didn't think he'd come back, but he, for the little role he was in, it was great. Like, um. I just love how, like, you could tell, like, you like you said, like, the moments of loneliness for Obi-Wan stick out. Like, when he has the nightmare, like, that's what I wanted. Like, I needed him to have nightmares about the past because, like, that's just, like, it makes too much sense. Like, Ahsoka had those two and whatnot. Man, I'm so curious to see what's gonna happen Wednesday though because oh, now it's that... like quite, it was
0: quite the cliffhanger. And i I just remember that one moment where Owen's just like, oh, just like you tr- like trained Anakin, you can just like feel like in Obi-Wan, there's like so much regret and like what lo- lo- like loneliness. Like you can you oh. can only hope but feel bad for him.
1: Oh, and like let's not talk about fucking Bail Organa guilt tripping Obi Wan into going. He's like, You couldn't save Anakin, but you could save her. Yeah. Like, damn all right like you fucking gaslighting son of a bitch get out of here <laughs> jesus but um oh man like you said the, like the last five minutes of the second episode when he's like i'm not here to she's like i'm not here to kill you i'm here to bring you to him and i was just like oh yeah they're doing this right like because like the whole thing with the inquisitors and in all of star wars media is vader literally gets them strictly to hunt obi-wan But Mm -hmm. to kill the rest of the Jedi. But that's the main reason, to go get that motherfucker. Because he knows he's alive. And, like, I don't know, dude. I don't even know where the show's going to go now. Because, like, all the trailer footage has been the first two episodes, except for, like, one quick shot of the Inquisitor base, which is, like, the same base from the Fallen Order game. So, like, that's cool. So they're, like, staying accurate to that. And then I think there's, like, that one scene where Obi-Wan's, like, held up by a couple Stormtroopers. Like, that's it. We don't Mm -hmm. know what's coming now. Like, I think
0: that should be like the way with like any commercials for like any kind of movie like it it should not give away anything of it like I did like just seeing like even like the quick like clips that have came from like the, the show I'm like I did not expect it to go this way but I love how they did
1: it. Oh yeah, me too. It was um like, I was actually
0: getting nervous like especially watching the second episode. Like it was there's so many moments where you're like holy shit. Like when when Obi-Wan finds out that that guy is like a fake Jedi, you're just like holy shit. This guy like Obi-Wan's a badass. Oh yeah, dude. Like it's... And then seeing Flea Be part of it. Literally, I was, like, watching it. I'm like, what the hell? Flea is in this? Yo, we need to talk about the best part.
1: (laughs) Anakin, we have to cook.
0: (laughs) Literally, that's the first thing I thought of when they were in the lab. I'm like, yo, Star Wars meets Breaking Bad. Yo,
1: let's go. Oh, my God. It's like... I didn't, I, like, what a day. That was the same day that McDavid made it to the conference final, too. Yeah, so we that was, went, uh, that was we literally went day. straight from
0: the overtime to Kenobi. Mm-hmm. That was me, because I was like, I worked that day, and then I got to watch that goal, and I'm like, all right, going to relax and watch Kenobi, and I was pretty much just as stressed watching that, because it was so suspenseful. <laughs> it's, like, so intense. I'm like, oh, so good, dude. Oh my and, like, gosh. you obviously know the outcome. Like, you know Obi-Wan's going to live, but you're just yeah. interested in how it happens, you know? like, Oh, yeah,
1: it's like, I'm just so glad, like we like we can have this conversation because there's still people out there that just look to nitpick everything. And oh, I'm just I know. Like, guys, how do you enjoy any form of media? Like, honestly,
0: will one really age like this in ten years?
1: Yeah, oh probably. no. Did you not watch the episode? Like, <laughs> bro, my exactly. My fucking favorite's the one where it's like, oh, well, why didn't Reba just use the mind trick on the fake jet or like on uh, Owen earlier? And it's just like. Oh my God, guys! If you go into every movie watching something like that, you're never going to enjoy a movie. It's literally the like, original
0: just... Star Wars. How did they not find out the robots were on there? Like, you
1: can. God, guys, just stop. And also, like, I we have we kind of touched on it, but like, holy shit, the casting for Young Leia is perfect. Like, Carrie Fisher would be like smiling ear to ear. It's oh, literally Young funny. Leia. And like the moment when Obi Wan's like, "You, you remind me of someone." She was fearless too. I was just like, "Oh my God, this is too much." Like, I didn't think they were going to mention Padme that much. But now that Leia's around, it makes too much sense. Yeah. And also, I told you, it was, like, straight out of the Fallen Order video game. Like, Obi-Wan, when he grabs her with the Force for the first time. Oh like, my oh, yeah. Like, shut up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, the fact that, like, she's going to end up naming uh, Ben Solo because of Obi-Wan probably now. Like, this is probably the reason she named him Ben, yeah. like, afterwards. It's just... Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. I was not expecting this to be the plot when I saw the show. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I'm here for it. And we haven't even seen Vader yet. All we saw was like one scene of him in the back of Tank. Yeah. Holy shit, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Wednesday, dude. And we we only have to wait till Wednesday now.
0: Uh, this three. Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. Is it just of Toyota Or is it like two like last time?
1: Oh, it's one, yeah. So oh, it's going to be one, one every Wednesday for like till the end of June. So, oh, okay. We got four more episodes. I'm excited.
0: Oh, God. And we're, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about it every
1: podcast. I'm so looking forward to Hell it. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, man. Great stuff, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Really like, it's the kind of stuff that makes you remember why you love Star Wars as a kid so
0: mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. And like, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not into Star Like, I know you're the huge Star Wars fan. Even, like, Jimmy is probably a big Star Wars fan of me. But, like, as soon – like, I haven't seen everything, like, all, like, the side movies. Like, I, I think I've watched bits of The Mandalorian. But, like, as soon as I saw Ewan McGregor's coming back, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, you bet your ass I'm watching this.
1: Oh, yeah. Dude, and – and it's crazy because like we we probably haven't even seen the best of what he's going to bring to this series yet mm-hmm. like i've seen concept arts of like pla- like they're going to be on a fire planet at some point like it's, they might be going back to boost apart like, yeah, I I oh my god I, I i'm so intrigued to see what happens that's why like, like
0: that's so much should happen but like that's barely like you're barely scratching the surface there's that next episode. like he hasn't met darth vader yet like There's going to be that first time where Obi-Wan Kenobi meets Anakin in the Darth Vader suit.
1: It's going to be chilling. Like like I, I and he hasn't pulled
0: out the lights like there's no you know like it's just no. they did all this stuff and like they haven't even got I I don't want to say they haven't got to the good part cause yeah, but like they, like like the it's just slow build pressure.
1: and it's and that's yeah. what I love I love a good slow build and they're doing Me it too. so well like the end of the first episode when he's like going onto the ship and he just like flashes the lightsaber first yeah, you're, like, oh, you're like he's shit, back yeah. <laughs> he's back let's go it's like the um what's the scene of the bar where like. <laughs> like everyone's watching the TV and then they all start cheering, and someone like photoshops whatever on the big TV <laughs> and it's literally the end of Episode one. Oh God. I'm like, but like one of the things I'm genuinely curious is, like I really want to see what Rev's backstory is because like she I either she's gonna piss off Vader and Vader's gonna kill her or like she's gonna get on Vader's good side, and it's gonna be wild. like, yeah. Because, like, Vader doesn't take lightly to a lot of that shit. Like, I've like in the video game, I, he literally kills Inquisitors just because they don't listen to him. So, <laughs> Which First is how thought, Vader should be, because he's just yeah. a fucking rage maniac. So. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> Cannot wait. Hell yeah, brother. I don't know
1: if you have anything else to add to that, but I think that is a great way to end off today's show. Well, oh, one more note on this day nine years ago, Brent Seabrook won in Game Seven against Detroit. No, nice, make me happy, make me smile. Make me happy, made me smile. Right off a of Cornwall stick, I think. Gotta love it, or mm-hmm. someone's stick. Who cares? They lost. Yeah. <laughs> they lost, and that was the end of Detroit. Rick Bozo, die haters die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you thought you had us, but you didn't. <laughs> all right, all right. I it- yeah, I think-, I think that's a couple things a off, man. Uh, I don't know when our next podcast will be, but uh probably the next time we do we'll we'll know the, the like what happens in episode three. Oh yeah. And um. we'll know the result of game one of Edmonton, Colorado, which by the way, we'll be streaming that game. And we're gonna look forward to it, yeah? You know? And hey. A little over a month till Montreal. I, I literally every single day that goes by I'm like I'm getting more excited for Montreal. Like there's like I got the tickets and like the Airbnb booked like a month and a half ago, and like probably for a month, I'm just like, oh, whatever. And then like probably the past couple weeks, I'm like, holy shit, dude, we're getting, we're getting closer. <laughs> dude, and we're, closer. It, it's the home stretch. It's the home yeah. stretch. like we're gonna be in June right away, and right, we're like two days from June. It's nuts. And we got some people. Not like it's not Sunstone, but we got people that said they're gonna gonna try to find time to do it because it's so it's so tough. A busy weekend. Yeah, it's gonna be one. It's busy for them, and then two. Like, we're there from Wednesday till Friday night? like we I think well, at least I leave Saturday morning, like mm-hmm. but the the draft is on Thursday and then the second round to the seventh rounds on Fridays, but I know for a fact we'll find, so everything will work out. We'll find some time, we'll get some in person That's probably what I'm looking forward to the most, and I like the tickets for the draft haven't gone out yet. I don't know if we'll be able to get any, but yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun, but anyways, thanks for sure. before we ramble on a bit more. Thank you all for tuning in. Give our podcast a five-star rating so you can just inflate and pump my ego. (laughs) And yeah, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Bye-bye.